This is Marketing 101, Season 4, Episode 5. And, uh, the podcast. The podcast. And what I do in this podcast is I come up with questions for you two. Oh, yeah. And I remember now. We could have guests, but we, today we have Louis May and Riley Seberg. Louis May, the CEO for Hammersport Marketing, and Riley Seberg, the CMO for Hammersport Marketing. Sweet. I won't, I won't call you... Uh, Lewis Riley again, so. Not today anyways. Yeah, I mean, I might, I'm not guaranteeing. So I have a few questions that I think that I, I think you've looked over, or sent them. I might not even ask them all because we might end up going on a, a tangent. So, so I'm gonna at least, I'll at least ask you one of them. And um, are you ready for this? Riley, you feeling it? <laughs> I'm feeling it, man. <laughs> I, so, I'm, I'm ready. I'm feeling you. What is an example of a metric that indicates digital marketing success? There's a couple of them. So the one of the key ones would be ROI. Right? Return on investment. But actually an acronym that you would use to frame that question is what is a KPI? So basically a, a KPI is a key performance indicator. And that is one of the metrics that you look at in the social media realm. The, the, one of the metrics is ROI. ROI is a KPI. And yeah, but KPI, like what I'm saying is KPI is one of the metrics that you would look at in the social media realm. ROI yeah. is a KPI. Yeah. So KPI is a, is a general term for, like it, depending on what industry you are in, you may have different KPIs, i.e. different key performance indi indicators to evaluate your performance. The number one metric that indicates digital marketing success is did, your, did it do what you wanted it to do? I think that's the, like the first one. Yeah, it depends on what the KPI is, right? Depends on what the goal is. But typically, most people, when they're digital marketing, their goal is to get a profit. Like a lot of them, it's like leads and stuff like that. So they focus on different things where it's like cost per lead. Or, but most of the time, it's return on investment. Yeah. Is there a way to tell, well, I mean, a general way to do? To yeah, let's review a couple of the main ones. Like, LTV is important to know for most industries. So that would be the lifetime value of your customer. Or you might also want to know your annual value of a customer. And then you'd like to know your ROI or your return on ad spend. So ROAS, ROAS. And then you have CAC, which is customer acquisition cost. And so you want to know all of these things so that you can make decisions on whether or not your advertising is profitable in the short term or the long term so that you can decide if you want to keep doing it or not. Another one is a CPM too, but that's on the publisher side. That's what somebody would be telling you is the price for an ad. And let people know what the acronyms mean because they might be watching this for the CPM stands for cost per mill, which is a Latin word for thousand. So basically just 
how much it costs for you to get in front of a thousand people and it's different everywhere but these things like you have to derive your own meaning from them because they're different everywhere so a low cpm high cpm it's it doesn't really have any relevance until you bring it around to what you're trying to do yeah so you could pay a really low cpm what he's saying pay a really low cost per thousand views but also have an ad that absolutely never converts to a customer. So it doesn't really matter that you're getting a real low cost in getting your ad in front of people when your ad isn't working at all. So in that case, it could be you're in the wrong audience or you have bad content and no matter what audience you put it in front of, nobody's gonna respond to it in a positive, in the way you want them to anyways. Oh. That's what the most fundamental one is always to go back to ROAS, right? Or not ROAS, but ROAS if you're directly spending on an ad and you have that set up. But if you don't, at least ROI, because even if you're doing something where it's like leads, if you have the lifetime value of that work, if you, have, if you know how much a lead is worth to you, then you can figure out how much it costs for you overall and what the return on that is, right? It takes a little bit longer, but... You almost always, like, there's no other one that you want to focus on more than ROI. It's just that simple. And then everything is different according to the industry, for example. And in most industries, the cost of acquiring a new customer is going to far outweigh or far exceed the cost of keeping an existing customer coming back. Mm -hmm. But then they have different, totally, you can't just spend on an ad and keep your existing customers coming back. So then that's where it gets to, you gotta run a good tight ship and a good business that understands treating your customer well too. And that's where then your lifetime value starts to go up. And as you institute strategies within your business that raise the performance that you're giving, so give you a better service or a better product or something, that your customer appreciates, you're going to have a lot, a bigger lifetime value. So now it's okay to spend more to acquire new customers. So for example, restaurants, big restaurant restaurants don't usually win. Now Orlando's a little different and there's always going to be a difference in a, in a community that relies on tourism, but most restaurants have, success because they have return customers. So for a restaurant, it's if they know their LTV, they can actually make good decisions based on their customer acquisition cost. And there's probably often situations where it's okay for them to pay $100 to acquire a new customer that only spends $50 the first time they come into the restaurant somebody that has a business that offers a service or a product that's likely to only be used once so they probably might not have a return customer like a funeral home you know, I, was actually, <laughs> I was actually thinking uh, riley it's funny how you said that i was actually thinking that but i didn't really want to get groomed uh, <laughs> yeah so what is what I do we do in that a basket or a funeral home i mean this is when you talk about branding right or like life insurance right you're only technically you're only supposed to buy life insurance once branding right? Get in front of them before they need you. Basically, that's what the idea is. Well, I don't and think then, 
finding them after they need because <laughs> they probably already went with somebody no because i mean because they're dead yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where an, a, a funeral home learned to win significantly by selling pre-sold pre-sold funerals okay we'll let you pay less if you pay ahead of the ahead of time and actually um, they end up a lot of times other people in the family and friends end up going to them after word of mouth gets out too so Oh yeah. yeah. If you, if a funeral home does it, all they got to do is brand once and they literally have the whole family. Yeah. yeah. And the whole friend group too. And the, yeah. And the whole friend group. Right. Right. So, so that's, it's different. So that's just, these are just great examples of showing that your KPIs need to be according to your business and how that business functions. And then once you understand them, you can start to introduce strategies that break those rules so that you can then find yourself dealing with a more favorable set of KPIs. I have another question that is a little bit of an extension to the first one. And it's how can the data from these metrics be leveraged? There's a, there's a bunch of different ways that you could have this conversation. There's a whole industry that leverages this data and then sells it back to you and, in the form of dashboards and stuff like that or automation. So a perfectly like, here's a real quick and easy example. The Facebook business manager has a tab on it called rules. And basically what this means is that you can set up rules when you're running an ad based on whatever parameters you select. And these parameters are based, some of these parameters have all of these KPIs that we just mentioned. And so you can literally say, <laughs> if I'm not getting this ROI, turn the ad off. What, what like as far as say you're using the doing digital marketing, but you don't really know, is it sometimes you think it can be a little bit cloudy to understand whether it's working? I know that there's sales and all that, but I'm saying, whether it's working to it, it's potential. Excuse me. No, I think it's cloudy until it's not, right? I think it's, I think you don't know it's working until it's working. Yeah. Right. Because when it's working, you have no question of whether or not it's working. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And that's the difference is it, most of the people who say it do doesn't work are probably not doing it. That's the general rule in digital marketing, really. Yeah. It's, First of all, you're going to know it's working because it's very clear, right? Because your traffic increases. And when your traffic increases, if your sales process is set up properly, now this is a huge, like, yeah. if, if your sales process is set up properly to turn traffic into customers, then you should have no, like, no question of whether or not it's working because your traffic to your website increased. So this is the like to break this down to the really fundamentals of it digital marketing comes down to traffic on the internet so if you look at like the amateurs they actually talk about running traffic right it's a thing right because it's actually that's what you do but when you it's you don't really want to get to that level because if when you just see it as running traffic then you're okay with converting at three percent when you see each one of those traffic persons as a people, as an actual person, 
then you ask yourself, why would, what, 997 of these people, or why would 97 of these people not buy? Now, what am I doing that's making three people who, because all 100 of them were legitimate traffic. Mm -hmm. So unless they came to your website or your place, whatever that is, mistakenly, and they shouldn't be if you're clicking on your ad. Like this is the thing. Yeah. If you're if they're legitimate. Yeah, it's a legitimate lead. Yeah. And you're only convert if I converted that three percent for every appointment I went on as a salesperson, I wouldn't have ever been a salesperson. Like you can't convert that low. <laughs> you gotta convert in the I mean, realm of getting some success. And that's even not, in, even that's in baseball, you gotta at least hit like thirty percent or something like that. <laughs> like thirty percent is considered really good in baseball. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I mean. Like, you can't get away with hitting 3% of the time. Like, maybe in the minor leagues. So that's an indicator that, like, that is a key performance in indicator right there. And it's one of the higher ones that says something about my message is turning far more people away than having them move farther through. Now. Right. The next performance metric in that situation you'd probably want to take a look at would be bounce rate. Yep. Out of those 97% of people, are, are half of them staying on the website for two minutes or more? Now you've got a really weird problem, which probably would not be the case. That'd be a really strange problem because you'd have a bunch of people that are being fascinated enough to stay on the website longer than their typical three. This is what Beard Mountain struggled with yeah so they do have this fascinating yeah this is a this is a this isn't fascinating this is common okay because your website isn't optimized to do what you want it to do but it, it's it's, it's optimized to hold attention them hold attention so there's the biggest the, the hardest part is just getting the attention it's like, like a, i think we were talking about the other day when an ad being too funny that people just mm -hmm. they don't remember what it is exactly, exactly. they love the attention so the bounce rate is like a hundred percent or zero or whatever. They're not bouncing. They're watching the whole thing. And then they even share it and everybody laughs about it and never buys any of the stuff. Cause it's not focused about on solving their problems and making me feel the pain. If I don't get my problem solved. I've watched commercials that I thought were really funny. And then I shared them and then I realized I don't even know what the product was. I was yeah. just a little skeptical. This is Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time, which is the subjective creative. So it's a creative that subjectively we all say that's great creative, but then yeah. test wise, it's not making anybody any money. This Send is it off to the Cannes Film Festival and everybody stands and gives it a roaring applause. Yeah. So that's subjective creative. He says it's way better off to spend, to make a hundred or a thousand pieces of creative at one thousandth of the cost of high dollar creative and then get it all out there and see what sticks. Huh. Yeah, interesting. That's interesting though, because I th I've seen that a lot of times where I thought, oh wow, remember that commercial that did this? And I'll be like, oh, is this soap commercial? Or is yeah. it a soap I mean, commercial? No, I don't remember. You know? Now, if it's done with the right needs analysis and then some studying of the things and finding it out, like, you're in good hands with Allstate. They had that understanding that they were connecting with people and meeting a certain group of people's needs, being safe, 
being in good hands, then they actually got to use the subjective creative right, yeah. and go hard on making some real creative stuff that all still then pointed back to you're in good hands with Allstate. Yeah, they're, they're, they would have something like almost absurd, but it would be pointing out that they were the savior in the process. So there's the example of combining the two, getting your messaging and then doing high dollar creative. Nobody's going to argue that high dollar creative is going to work. It's just not obtainable for most of us in most of our journeys. Yeah. Interesting. And even when it is, it's not necessarily worth as much as the low budget, high volume creative. It's worth a lot to ad agencies who get a 10% of the cut for whatever they sell to, for other people. Yeah. Like if you just want to talk about data and the amount of, uh, data that is gathered from any type of content that you run as an ad, like the more content you run, the more data you're going to gather. So if you're doing this right, if you're setting this up for how most of us know this conversation is going to lead to, maybe we don't talk about it today. Maybe we don't talk about it this season, but it's there, right? The tools that we use already have it baked in. So, if you're going to set yourself up to be able to use that type of stuff, then wouldn't you just want to preload your business with all that data? Yeah. You're not going to, you'll get data from one long brand video trailer, but you're not going to get as much as the variation of all the different headlines and all the different hooks and all yeah, that's so how you what really Riley figure it said out. there is take your, take stuff and break it up into testable set test subjects. Like literally all we're doing right now is making a bunch of videos that all say the same thing with a different opener. And then we can see if one works better than the other, you know, definitely there's variations on the information too. And can I think that I think a lot of times, sometimes the simple questions are what kind of are like roadblocks too for people a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So. Are there, is there like a sort of a process of almost like a screening room the way they do with movies where, where we have some kind of bad campaign or something where the public can just, if the public reacts in a certain way, it's a positive thing or something like that. Like a te testing out commercials and testing out ads. And so there, there's ways that you can measure sentiment. Nielsen has their own way of doing it. Right. And I watched a YouTube video that shows you how to gather public sentiment from Twitter in less than 15 minutes from any, for any brand. Oh, interesting. Right. So there's a bunch of different ways you can do it and it just really depends on if you're old school or new school. Yeah. Gentlemen, I could ask you questions all day or we can just call it a day. Let's call it a, Let's call it an hour and end this this ver this podcast right here, yeah. and we'll save some questions for next time. Yeah, because I have some that are a bit different, but I, I find this kind of area is really fascinating to me because it seems like I'm I'm so tired, Pat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you look wound up. Oh. He did vote today, so. He's uh, motivated. Exhausting. Did you have to wait in line long? Lot, For an hour. An hour? Yep, it was worth it. Yeah.
Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think there's going to be any short lines, which is good. Absolutely. Glad that people are doing I would that. like it if everybody vote and that voted and then whoever had the majority, that person wins. But it would be nice if like a majority of the population voted too, so. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at is. Once we get there, then I think we'll have a lot of problems figured out. Okay. Have a nice day and I'll see you next week or sooner. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Hey, welcome. And thanks for joining us at the Marketing 101 podcast. If you liked this episode, definitely press the like button and follow us so that you can be notified of the next episodes. And we love comments and questions. So if you have any, leave those and we'll respond. And of course, if you think what we're saying is valuable and other people in your local community or friends or family that might find value out of this, please share this with them. Yeah, because we do sincerely use the input from the uh, viewers. So uh, don't feel like you, don't be shy. All right, everybody, don't be shy. See you later. See you, Go vote. Go vote. One more and I won't cut that one out. Make, make sure you vote. <laughs>